I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 15 and preview of round 16. This episode is brought to you by Beasley Anti-Aging Cream, helping you overcome retirement to live your fullest life. Uh, no, no, no. Actually, man, I wish that was true. No, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and I am joined by some familiar faces, some some longtime uh, former hosts and co-host guests here. Uh, we have Mike Denton, of course, with us. We have Andrew Crawler back from vacation and our special guest, Phil Luchford, uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Pretty good. Real good. Thanks excellent. excellent. Uh, and of course, just to check, uh, Jason, are you with us tonight? Mm. Guess that's still a no. Uh, well, guys, yeah, I'm glad to have you have you all back on the show. Um, it's been a while, Andrew, as well. I know we're happy you are back safe from your travels. And it was just in time to get a big point score, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, worked for me after the couple weeks where I fell behind a bit. I more or less just tread water this week, but hey, I'll take it. Well, let's talk about our, our scores and just review round 15. Uh, particularly, we had a question from Reddit where people wanted to know what our team value was and our overall score. So, Mike, why don't you kick us off and let us know? Sure. Um, well, as far as this week, uh, I did okay. Um, 88 points, which green arrows, but not a few much. But, I mean, I, honestly, I think this was a, wo- a week just to to not get flunked and not get, you know, get sunk by all the away teams, uh, honestly. Um, 88 points, uh, you know, good homage to my favorite NASCAR driver, Dale Hearn Jr. But um, only bad part was Dwyer, you know, with the two points. Other than that, um, my captain pick didn't work out, but I managed to get Blanco, which kind of saved me from that. Uh, team's overall score, I have 1307, um, which is an overall rank of 336 and a team value of 107.9. I ended up with 89 week. Dwyer was also my only miss. I captained Valeri and went pretty heavy on the Portland attack, and that paid off for me. Uh, my team value is 107.0, and I have 1,365 points overall, which is rank, I don't know, 65 ish. I have. Uh, 1,377 points. That's uh, good enough for 34th overall. I got 86 points this week, so I fell two spots overall. And my team value is 108.8. Very nice. Uh, I, like Mike, uh, also got uh, 88 points this round. Uh, We had an interesting head-to-head, to to be sure. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I think Um, you mean head-to-heads. (laughs) <laughs> head to heads. Well, that's what I'm going to talk about later, Mike. You're going to spoil it all for everybody. Um, uh, I also got Dwyer, but I loaded up on on plenty of Chicago defenses, and I got Nikolik as my uh, captain. So I had a I had a nice score. Got got the points from Valeri and and Adi, but uh, glad I got Fernandez as well. Blaine had a good tip with that one. My overall score is 
1,340 points, and that's an overall rank of 149 for me out of the 29,000 players in this game. So we all are pretty close, doing doing pretty well. Uh, my value is uh, 109.4. So well, the common factor is that we all listen to this podcast. The common factor <laughs> is that we all listen to this podcast. So if you all are listening to this podcast, if you're somewhere in the top 200, then, well, that's good. You're doing well. We hope we help you do that. Uh, that's, that's very good to point out, Phil. We should definitely, yes, listen to the podcast. Uh, guys, there weren't very many games that happened this round, so I assume this review is going to be short. So just in general, um, was there anything notable and any fantasy takeaways that you took from this short, condensed round? Phil? Yeah, uh, Chicago's defense is the real deal. I think uh, when I saw that they were going up against Atlanta, um, I was kind of second-guessing Blaine's advice from the last podcast, and I thought that Sporting Kansas City was the better defense for the clean sheet. And uh, it turns out Blaine was on the right track. Uh, once I saw Atlanta's lineup, and uh, they had put Gressel on the wing, and they're missing Almiron, and still missing Joseph Martinez, then... Uh, I was like, uh, I think Chicago is in a good spot to get the clean sheet. So I did also go with some Chicago defenders and Lampson and goal to get those clean sheet points. Thanks, Blaine. Yeah, I think for the most part, it was as expected. Home teams dominated, especially against teams that had a bunch of players missing, like uh, the Portland-Dallas game. So business as usual. Yeah, this was definitely a week where the trap was to experiment with some of those away players, which I guess you had to have. A few just to get your team all filled out, but uh, I know I, I did also get Barrios. I didn't mention that. I was hoping he'd have something, but uh, no. What happened, Phil? Why didn't he do anything? Come on. Yeah, I had a Barrios and a switcher with Gressel, and uh, Gressel had two more points, but I had switched him out. Yeah. <laughs> Mike? Um, I, I'm going to say the only notable thing is that the Madranda is real. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he got the clean sheet and, and then he left. Uh, and we've been, we've been kind of joking about it, but but I think there actually might be something in, in talking with, with Blaine, who, you know, we're praising a lot this podcast for getting his uh, predictions right. And, um, and I think part of the problem uh, when we're talking with Blaine is Mustafar has come on and he's blown a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, he was, you know, if you look at the expected goals for this week, Sportican's defense had was best, uh, only point uh, seven, I think, expected goals, um, which was the best uh, defensive total for the round. But Mustavar, you know, served up that chance on a silver platter, and and that really blew it. And that's been a lot of those Sporting Kansas City blows late clean sheets has been Mustavar comes on and he hasn't been able to hold the deal. So um, Sporting Kansas City not being able to to close on those clean sheets has really been a problem. So I don't know if Fermi's is going to continue that with, um, you know, keep, keep subbing Madranda off, but it, it is getting to be a problem fantasy wise. It's no longer a joke. It's starting to become a trend. And a pretty profitable trend still for many of us as well. Well, thanks guys for those uh, insights. That was a short week. So, uh, but that didn't mean there, uh, were not a lot of fun things to happen. So I hope everybody watched the United States games. Uh, lots of good action there and a chance to see some new faces as well. You get you guys. I know most of you got to see that game. Did you like it? Oh, yeah. That was exciting. That's It's like a silly question. Did you enjoy seeing the U.S. get one point at Azteca? <laughs> of course. Of course we did. Uh, that was 
that was definitely a pleasure to watch. I was watching it with uh, my girlfriend's father, who is not very soccer versed, and um, he only caught the second half. But he, I think he still enjoyed it as well. There were some pretty good hits, <laughs> I think, in that second half that he, as a football fan, was able to appreciate. All right, well, let's move on to the housekeeping section. Uh, biggest news, and I, I don't think we've gotten to say this a lot this season. Uh, everybody's playing. All the teams are playing. So have at it. Lots Ooh. of options this time. Yeah, I know. The 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 tips section will be very interesting. <laughs> Everyone's there. Uh, as we've already mentioned, of course, I have to point out, Blaine got it right. Chicago had the better chance uh, when compared to Sporting Kansas City for a clean sheet. Maybe not the numbers, but as they like to say on Extra Time Radio, are you just looking at the stats or are you watching the games? So, uh, as Phil mentioned, the lineups and everything just fell into place in Chicago. Had a great chance. And at home, they are still a very strong team to consider for something like that. Biggest news, Mike may touch on this, so I'll just glance over it. Um, Open Cup. Open Cup is happening starting tomorrow, if you're listening to the show tonight on Tuesday. If not, hey, it's uh, oh tonight on Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday, and that's when the game starts, on the 13th. Every MLS team will be playing during the Open Cup, except Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. Go figure. Uh, most important games you're going to want to consider. Most of the teams are playing against non-MLS opponents. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Columbus versus FC Cincinnati. Let's go. That'll be a fun game. Uh, that happens on June 14th. But Seattle versus Portland on June 13th. New York versus New York City on the 14th. And <coughs> Kansas City versus Minnesota also on the 14th. Those are going to be uh, the only three games where two MLS opponents We'll go head-to-head with each other. So not sure what's going to happen there. Guys from Reddit, people want to know, will the Open Cup games affect any of the choices that you're going to be giving to us in the next section or just overall? Andrew? So, no, oh, Phil, either one. not even a little bit. Yeah, so uh, Porter has said that uh, Portland's going to rotate massively. Um, Seattle's also going to be rotating heavily. Uh, with guys like Dempsey and Morris still returning from uh, USA international duty. But uh, Vieira has said that he wants to play a first-choice lineup for New York City. So I would watch Villa's minutes in the New York City game since I want to play him and captain him this week. Yeah, I mean, this is something we're not going to know until we know the lineups. Uh, I think I tweeted something that it's a tradition unlike any other MLS team swearing up and down that they're going to put up A-plus lineups in the U.S. Open Cup and then failing to deliver. And that's particularly true for New York City because Vieira did that same song and dance last year against the Cosmos, and then we got the lineup, and it was like, oh, it's mixed discarude and backups. Um, So just kind of watch to see what the actual lineups are. before making, you know, the the final decisions. But uh, I think for the most part, this round of U.S. Open Cup is not going to be a too big of a deal unless you're talking about a team like RSL where they're kind of really depth-strapped. You kind of have to see, you know, how much how many reserves they can call up. Um, but to me, the bigger impact is going to be next round. It's the combination of U.S. Open Cup plus double game weeks next round. Um, eight teams have a double game week next week, and I, honestly, it's actually 10 because Toronto and Montreal are going to be playing in the Canadian Championship next week. Um, so th- those eight teams are Colorado, D.C., L.A. Galaxy, Orlando, Minnesota, Atlanta, Seattle, and Portland. So kind of watch those teams particularly this week because um, you know if they have an away game, 
uh, this weekend. Uh, you might see some rotation in for necessity. I, I think the big one for that is Seattle. They, you know, they fly, have a home game against Portland, fly all the way to New York City, then have a midweek match and then a rivalry match against Portland. So uh, I, I think that might affect a little bit of something. Um, and you know, if they're an away team this week, they might have a rotation. But other than that, I, I don't think it's going to be too much of an impact for like someone like Via unless he plays like 90 or 120 minutes. The next bit of housekeeping I want to mention is the MLS mid-season prize. What some of you may have forgotten is that the prize structure changed a little bit this season. Not only did we have the open weekend challenge, but the mid-season top scorer overall in the game is going to win two tickets to the MLS All-Star game. So that might not impact everyone, uh, but some of you guys, uh, Pathetic Morbid, Lone Wolf, MC Quake, uh, guys, JKFC, Isles on Fire, lots of you guys in the top 10 are all in the running. Uh, the highest score is 1,447 points, so a lot of stuff could happen. The cutoff is round 17, so whoever has the highest score at round 17 wins two tickets. Uh, so if you are in the top 10 or in that in that range, I want to see some good banter on Twitter. Uh, hit it up to MLS Fantasy, hit it up to me, hit it up to MLSFI, all the guys around here. If you win that prize, we want to know, and we're probably going to want to talk to you. So good luck. Uh, also, Mike or Andrew, if you guys want to jump in with this, feel free to. There is a uh, a third-party fantasy game that uh, – th- actually, I think all four of us are involved in that. You're in the show league too, aren't you, Phil? Yep. Uh, we're all involved in an extra little game. It's fun. It's different. It's a little bit easier. Sometimes I forget to send my picks in, though. Uh, you know it happens. Uh, but it's the MLS Show League. Uh, do you guys want to mention this, or do you want me to plug it? I love it. I'm obsessed with it. If you're well, interested, you yeah. If you're interested in joining, uh, hit up MLS Show on Twitter. Um, I think their handle is MLS Show Leagues. Yep. Or League. League. Mm-hmm. League singular. Yeah. Um, it sounded like there were three spots available. Uh, you'll start in our lowest division, and if you win, like some of us have, uh, you get promoted up into the higher divisions where the big boys play. Yeah, it's a little bit different. You only pick uh, a few games per round. You pick the score and you pick three players and you can assign them some specific roles that impacts their point generation and your overall score. And you, there are head-to-head options. There are overall point options, promotion, relegation. It's massively complicated and massively fun. So, yeah, hit up at MLS Show League on Twitter if you are interested and he will give you all the details. And the last bit of housekeeping I have to plug before throwing it off to Mike is the Patreon League. Thank you so much, everyone, who continues to support us and uh, has already been a supporter for a long time. The new supporters, the old supporters, uh, we love that you are still interested. We love that you are having fun with the head-to-head league. Uh, We're going to try to expand maybe some other stuff next season. Uh, If you are interested in helping to support our podcast, that is how you do it. Uh, Patreon, it just helps us do some crowdfunding to cover the fees that we have to cover hosting and cover prizes and other little things that we try to do throughout the season for everyone. Have more information, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And now, Mike, I'm going to throw it off to you for housekeeping. In particular, some people on Reddit were wondering about how the Confederations Cup may impact players. 
Well, based on the lineup we have, the Confederations Cup is, isn't going to impact anyone except for uh, Giovanni Dos Santos. Um, he's been called up from Mexico for that. He's expected to miss the rest of June. Um, I don't think any of the other teams that are participating in that tournament have MLS players that, that, that I can recall. Um, I mean, it's like Portugal, uh, Germany, you know, some of the, the bigger boys that, you know, aren't uh, picking up MLS players except for Mexico. And um, so, uh, you know, really for international outside of GDS, the, the next thing that's coming is going to be the Gold Cup. Um, 40 player, 40 man rosters were announced uh, over the past week. Um, you know, y'all, y'all can look that up, but you know, those rosters still have to be finalized. And whenever that finalized, we'll actually see uh, what the impacts fantasy wise are, are, are going to be. But for right now, G- Giovanni Dos Santos, he'll be out for June. Um, so, you know, he obviously don't have him in your lineup this week. Um, some other international stuff. Um, Angel Herrera came back from the U twenties. Um, most of the U.S. U-20s have been back for about a week, so I think like Jordan Allen will be back with RSL and is expected to travel. Uh, for Herrera, who just finished up with uh, Venezuela, he's expected to travel with New York's, or I guess not travel, but be available only at best as a sub uh, for New York City on Saturday um, since he played most of that tournament. Um, we do have some injuries from the past weekend and some red cards. Ridgewell is unlikely for Saturday with a quad strain. Miller also was subbed off early. He has a foot sprain. Um, They're still evaluating him, so no timetable yet. Duval for Montreal received a red card, although there was some consternation about that on Twitter. So since people being angry on Twitter seems to be the actual standard for red cards being revoked, that might be revoked. Uh, Iongo dislocated a kneecap in his right knee while on international duty. Uh, no timetable has been given, but I'm assuming he'll be out for a while. Tabla for Montreal was a late scratch. I haven't seen uh, what that injury is yet. Cheneau also picked up an injury. He subbed off at the 25th minute. Um, he's being evaluated by New York this week, but I haven't seen a timetable. Uh, we mentioned Giovanni Dos Santos. Uh, also, Akam has been called up for the friendlies for Ghana, so he'll miss some time whenever the Gold Cup people leave as well. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Patrick Mullins, the namesake of Andrew and I's show league team, uh, he's going to be out for six weeks. He avoided the season-ending um, version of the knee surgery, apparently. And so um, you know he'll be back sometime uh, in September. Uh, no Torino red card was not appealed, so he will be suspended for this upcoming week. And then um, Ramos's red card was rescinded uh, to a lot of controversy, uh, but so he will be available for Orlando for this week. And that's all the injury news I have, unless there's something uh, y'all caught. Nope, that is comprehensive as always, Mike. We appreciate all the work that you do. No problem. Okay, moving on to our round 16 preview. It's going to be game by game since there are no double game week teams. And uh, we're going to kick things off, Mike. New York City versus Seattle. Well, uh, you know, this is a special matchup. Um, You know, for for me, I know it's a special matchup, particularly for uh, Andrew and I's friend, uh, Tyler Kelly. Uh, He actually used uh, Simon's tickets to go see Seattle uh, and New York City play last year. And uh, he's told me about how inspiring the goal that Frank Lampard scored with his thigh was last year. You know, really inspired him. You know, he got engaged after that. So, uh, you know, really a, a 
a, a big game uh, anniversary uh, this weekend because um, I think that that goal outside of anything that's scored by Wondolowski or you know Sergio Aguero is pretty much the, the best thing that's ever happened to him. So uh, and I think it's it's going to be another good weekend for for New York City this weekend, uh, particularly as I talked about the the rotation that Seattle has. Uh, need to go on with the double game week this week and and with the long miles. I, I think that um, New York City is going to have a lot of success uh, this week. Um, I, I think, you know, all your normal attacking talents from New York City are good options. Um, you know, David Villa, obviously, I, mean, I think he's been the best player in the game, uh, both in fantasy and off. Um, I, I uh, Maxi Morales, Jack Harrison are all clear good options. Um, kind of something to note: Jonathan Lewis has kind of come into rotation. He had a good rotation last week. Um, Matt Doyle thinks he may replace Rodney Wallace, but I don't think that's going to happen. But he may eat in uh, eat him in some minutes um, for Rodney Wallace if you're kind of looking for that differential. But those three attacking players, I think, are good options. Um, Callens, of course, um, with his price point, is is always a good defender. Uh, although I don't know if New York City can keep a clean sheet here, but um, I, I'm expecting a, a two nothing or two one win for uh, NYC here. Um, I, I think V is a potential captain pick, and um, you know, ho- hopefully there will be some new good memories for TK to have this week. You're so vicious, Mike. You're so vicious. <laughs> Andrew, Atlanta is taking on Columbus. Yeah, this is going to be hopefully an exciting attacking match. Uh, both teams generally tend to create several good quality chances every game. Um, so I think this one's going to come down to essentially how compact Columbus can be in the back and whether they can actually uh, prevent Atlanta from collecting easy balls in the midfield so they can transition like Atlanta wants to do all day every day. Uh, one thing to keep our eyes on is Martinez. Uh, he is coming back from injury. He subbed on for about half an hour last game. And the first couple of games of the season, it's a long time ago now, but man, he was lighting it up when he was on the field for the first couple of games in Atlanta to the point where he was pretty much defining how they were playing. And, and I think as he works his way back in Atlanta might, uh, become even more dangerous on the attack than they have been the last couple games so overall this one uh i don't anticipate picking anybody maybe al marone gets into my team uh i could see 2-1 3-1 to the home team for this one nobody at columbus worth a worth a shot away players are never worth a shot Away players are never worth a shot. Well said. Well said. Phil, Unless they play for L.A. or New York City. <laughs> Those are the only two away teams I think you should ever consider. Oh, big, big words. Uh, Phil, New England versus Chicago. Yeah, um, New England versus Chicago. Uh, these are, I think, the, the, the interesting thing to look at here is New England's offense versus Chicago's defense. Um, Chicago's defense is actually leading the league in expected goals against. And uh, so Chicago's allowing like one goal per game and uh, and New England's scoring close to two goals a game. So I think this is a really, I think that's the matchup to look at. I think you'd be looking at New England's attacking players. Um, Lee Wynn, I think, is a very good uh, option. 
he is doing better than I expected this year. Um, he is one of the top performers in when you combine goals and assists together. Um, so Lee Wynn at home, I think, is a solid option. Uh, I know that Diego Fagundes is one of the top scorers, which is really shocking to me. Um, he, he's entirely reliant on goals. So if you think that he can score at home, then go for it. Um, I, I thought what Mike said last week was interesting about his fantasy takeaways this year, that because uh, there's unlimited transfers each week, you can actually gamble on players that score instead of looking at long-term bonus points. And uh, and I really haven't adopted that mindset. Maybe that's something that is holding me back a little bit. Like, for example, in the MLSFI host league, I have the top score overall, but I'm below halfway on mid-table. Uh, so I think that's because I have consistent scores every week, but no like amazing scores in any one week. And that's because I'm looking at bonus point players still. So I tend to avoid players like Fugundes who are reliant on goals. But if you're buying into what Mike said about uh, the unlimited transfers, meaning you could load up on some gambles for goal scorers, then I think Diego Fagundes is a good look. Juan Agudelo is still returning from injury, but when he's played this year, he's been in excellent form. So I, I think he's good to go as far as I understand. But uh, maybe if you're not, if you're a little risk adverse, uh, don't go for Juan Agudelo. And then on Chicago, um, if you buy into what Andrew's saying, you never pick anybody that's away. But uh, Schweinsteiger, he puts up five or more points regardless of the matchup, home or away. Um, so he's kind of got a five-point floor, and he's affordable. And then Nikolic has been, is the league's leading goal scorer. Um, so, you know, he could always uh, gamble on a goal scorer with Nikolic. Uh, two to one, New England. Okay. Goals will be scored. So far, goals will be scored. Okay. Andrew, Orlando versus Montreal. This is one that I really don't have a good solid read on. I think it could go any direction. Both teams generally look more comfortable on the counterattack than they do in possession. Uh, and Montreal in particular, I, I think they're struggling more than a lot of people expected to integrate Zamali into what the heck they want to be doing on attack. Uh, he seems like one that wants possession a bit more, which doesn't fit with what the rest of what Montreal's trying to do. Um, so I'm completely avoiding Montreal in this one for sure. Orlando, I think they've, they've got several solid defenders. Uh, Bendix, always a good choice in goal when they're at home, coming up with some crazy saves this year. Uh, so for me, I'm I'm looking at Bendik for my team, maybe Spectre in the back line. Uh, Kyle Laren might sneak into my team, but it's doubtful at this point. Other than that, I, I don't think there's anywhere else to go with either of these teams this week. Uh, 2-1 to Orlando. 2-1, no, no clean sheets yet. Maybe one for Mike, but nothing just yet. Okay, uh, Phil. Nope, I skipped a spot. Mike, Toronto versus D.C. Well, um, I, I think this, uh, I don't know if I'll go I'll give you the clean sheet, but honestly, I think you could probably load up on four Toronto players and, and, and be pretty good. Um, D.C. is one of the worst offenses, 
by expected goals and one of the worst defenses by expected goals. Uh, and with Toronto finally getting their full complement of players back, I, I think they could be um, very potent and and really you can't go wrong. Um, I, I think you, you probably need to start with Vasquez. Um, he's been incredible and we, we probably haven't talked about how good he's done this year only 9.2 and and you look at his scores and and if he's playing he's pretty much getting you five or more um i mean even sometimes where he's not getting 90 minutes he's putting up eights and and tens um which is really incredible and i think against a defense that is bad as bad as dc uh plus you add on the fact that they're at home and toronto won't have a midweek game whereas dc will um, and I don't think DC is the kind of team that with all the injuries they've had, they can afford the depth to really manage two games at once, especially considering they have a double game week uh, next week. Um, I, I think this is a big game for Toronto. So I think Vasquez is a good option. Either Giovinco or um, Altador uh, up top. Um Zavaleta in back, uh, you know, Moore's kind of come back from injury, so so he can be an option too. Um, I think there's a little bit of, of shuffling getting more back, so I'm not as high uh, on on the defense, but I I, I think Vasquez, Giovinco, Altador, um, I wouldn't go Bradley because I, I think this isn't a week for for the safe picks. But if if you're going for more consistency, you know, I, I think we've seen enough out of Michael Bradley to know he's going to get you those uh, six points. So um, I, I, you could go as many as four Toronto players and be good. I, I think this is like three nothing, uh, Toronto. So you think Geo is worth the the points or worth the cost? Yeah, I mean, because when Giovinco plays bad teams, he he tends to go off. Um, you know, sometimes it hasn't been that great. But, I mean, if you remember earlier this year when he was at home kind of fully recovered against bad teams, I mean, look at his home scores. Atlanta at home, 9 points. Chicago at home, 16. Houston at home, 8 points. Orlando at home, 14. Minnesota at home, he got 6, and he only played 43 minutes. So I think it's, when he's at home, and, and fully recovered. And I think at this point he's fully recovered because he played 90 minutes at New England. Um, you know, having a full complement of players, yeah, I, I think w- against a team like DC, yeah, absolutely he's going to be worth the price point. Well said. Now, Phil, talk about San Jose and Sporting Kansas City. Here we've got two top five defenses. And if you look at the top defenders in the MLS fantasy game, we've got uh, five of their players in the Top seven, uh, actually five in the top six. So, <laughs> four Sporting Kansas City and Youngworth in the top six players and <laughs> defenders. So uh, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, now San Jose usually does score at home. I know they have uh, problems on the road, but at home they usually get a goal. So I think it's kind of like a one-to-one game, something like that. Um, if I were to pick a player, I'd go with Youngverth just because he's at home and he gets a ridiculous number of bonus points. Um, San Jose usually try to close up shop and that leads to Youngworth getting a ton of clearances. Um, so I think he would be a, a solid pick. Uh, from Sporting Kansas City, uh, you could buy into the Madranda effect because um, uh, San Jose like to leave their goals for late in the game and uh, by then Madranda will be subbed off. So... Um, <laughs> Actually, out of either of these teams, Madranda is the one that's the most likely to get a clean sheet out of anybody. <laughs> uh, Except for this week, because he'll go full 90 this time. 
I don't know. Maybe he will. S- since we're talking about him, he'll go a full 90. That's how it'll yeah. work. Uh, Dwyer's still recovering from an injury and doesn't seem to be in top form. Uh, he's also away. And uh, San Jose, they spread the goals around. Um, so let's go with Madranda and Youngworth. And that is all she wrote. Andrew, Colorado versus Portland. Can I just call out Pablo just to start this off? Like, your team is averaging fewer than eight shots per game. I've got guys on my Sunday rec team that average more than that by themselves. Oh. So, all right. Done with, but, done but, with the but what is the average of human heart and spirit, Andrew? That's what you clearly have an average. <laughs> You're right. I haven't <laughs> accounted for that in my equations here. <laughs> Um, you don't know the game, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Colorado clearly don't have much going forward. Portland might be missing one or two defenders this week. Um, it, it's going to be one of those games that I'm going to avoid watching if I can help it. Uh, so I'm just not high on anybody in this game whatsoever. Uh, there, I mean, Valeri is there, but meh, away game, not taking an away player. Um, yeah, I'm. I just hate this game. I could see this being two clean sheets, zero zero. I could see it being one one, something like that. I think that's the favorite note that I've taken so far. No options. Portland equals meh. So, <sighs> thanks, Jason. <laughs> Uh, speaking of RSL, uh, Mike, RSL versus Minnesota. Um, well, I, I think this is one to, to note that Rusnak, like many players, is a different player away than he is at home. Um, you know, the first time this team, the two teams met, it was four to two, uh, and Rusnak only scored four points. But if you look at Rusnak at home, his point totals are six, or for the last five games are at home are 16, seven, five, 13, and six. Um, I don't expect Minnesota's defense to be quite as bad as we saw them last against Sporting Kansas City um, since they'll have Cronin back from a suspension. But I still expect RSL at home to get something, particularly Rusnak. I I wouldn't touch anyone else on this field. Uh, You know, Ibarra is still working back from an injury he picked up in that same match against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, We we don't know what Minnesota will do, but they are one of the few teams that have uh, a midweek MLS game. Um, so I, I don't know how much they'll they'll focus on the U.S. Open Cup, but uh, I, th- I think Rusnak is a good option. A- anyone else I, I don't think is a great option. Uh, RSL's defense is still in shambles. Uh, we saw how good Kevin Molina was at the against the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, you know he and I think he could certainly score against them. If you wanted an away pick, th- that's where I would go. Um, you know, clearly RSL hasn't scared anyone but i think we've seen enough that i don't think bellino or anyone outside of new york and la is good enough on the road to pick them so i i would pick rusnak and, and that's it um i'm thinking this is 2-1 rsl phil time to talk about your homeboys Van- i guess not home this time but vancouver versus dallas well, uh, and, and I think in, in the big question, just to interrupt real quick, I think people want to know about Diaz in particular. I, I assume you're going to talk about him, but we had some of the questions last week. Um, so p- just please highlight anything you know about Diaz. Okay, Mauro, um, I mean, my favorite player. Let's talk about him all night. 
Um, well, I don't think he's going to play a full 90, so I, I can't really recommend him quite yet. Uh, give him a couple more weeks. Uh, for Vancouver, uh, they're a team where they play well, but you never know who to take, and it seems like there's always kind of a better option. Um, ah. Since what you think that's funny? I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> okay, it's um, so yeah. true. <laughs> so I mean, Watson isn't going to score two goals again this season. So I mean, if you think that they can get a clean sheet, which I I don't necessarily think so. I mean, there's a possibility, but uh, and then if you talk about Dallas's offense, you're not really sure where the goals are going to come from exactly. I mean, Arudi has been the leading goal scorer, but Barrios chips in. Lamar got a hat trick two weeks ago. Uh, Coleman's going to score eventually. Um, so, and being on the road, is he? Is he? He is. <laughs> yes, he absolutely is. He's been so unlucky. He's come up against some incredible goalkeeper saves. He's had, uh, I think, four shots now that were like hard shots in the corner that were like fingertips saved or uh, just blazed over the bar. But man, he's. If you watch, uh, if if you have the privilege of watching them in person, like I do. Uh, you can see that he's making all the right runs, and um, it seems like it's one of those things where it's just going to fall eventually into place. And uh, you look at his goal-scoring streak in Paraguay. I mean, the guys have scored like more than 30 goals in the Paraguayan league. Um, so he he obviously has a knack for it on some level. Uh, I think it will translate eventually, especially under a coach like uh, Oscar Preja that gets the most out of his South American players. Anyway, that's of no relevance to fantasy. Um, so let's get back to the point at hand. Uh, for Vancouver, I've always liked Bolaños as a player. Um, he's on free kicks as well. But he just doesn't put up fantasy numbers in the volume that you want out of a, a starter. And so there's just going to be better options. Um, Montero, pretty Montero, is, he scores. Uh, but he has to score to get a good fantasy score. And he's going up against Hedges this week. Uh, the Dallas defense back to almost full strength. Zimmerman's still missing, but uh, Figueroa and uh, Hedges will be back. So I think he'll struggle against uh, Hedges. Hedges has a really uh, good track record of shutting down opposing forwards, especially ones that rely on service, um, like Freddie Monteri. He doesn't really create by himself. He has to have the ball played into him. Uh, so... I don't really recommend anybody in this match, and I think it's kind of like a one-to-one -one draw. So I'll have you weigh in on what Mike and I talked about some last week. We were assuming that with the away schedule that Dallas has, that we would not see a lot of Diaz. Um, maybe he'd get some time during the Open Cup match, but that he'd be saved for that Dallas-Houston game. Do you think that holds water, or do you see him coming back maybe a full 90 during their first home game? I think his first full 90 is against Houston uh, on the 23rd. Um, he, Like I was saying, in this game, it's on turf. It's in Vancouver. He's only played 30 minutes in a match so far. Maybe he gets 45 this time, but it's not. Uh, he's not going to start, um, and he's not going to go 90. So, I, yeah, I'm traveling to Houston for that game uh, on the 23rd. I really hope that he starts and, and uh, you know, scores a goal, gets the win. Send out some Twitter pictures. We would like to see that. Yeah, I'm going to meet up with uh, Travis. Uh, we met up the last time. It was a lot of fun. Well, even, even more reason to have pictures. Yes. 
Andrew, L.A. versus Houston. So we all know that Houston has struggled, to say the least, on the road. And I honestly can't understand why. Like, their style of play is just built to put up some results on the road. Uh, That said, I don't think this is the one that's going to happen. L.A., once Jones went out, they actually looked somewhat organized. Um, Their attack has looked a lot better with Zardes helping the spacing be somewhat competent up top. Um, but really, this game is all about Alessandrini. He's, if, if I'm going to say there's a must-own player this week, I think it's him. He's going to be my captain. Last week, he got a massive nine points without a goal or an assist. Um, he's, I think he's the leading point scorer for L.A. Um, he's just great. I'm definitely taking him. Uh, beyond that, eh, nothing is really jumping out at me. Um, maybe Van Damme falls into my team, but probably not. I could see this one becoming a three to two, three to one game for LA. So go ahead and expand on that. That was a question you had on, you responded to a thread on Reddit about must have players. So you think maybe Alessandrini, but otherwise nobody because why? Because there's just so many good options this week. Like I've I've got a list here of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight midfielders that I'm legitimately considering, and four forwards and about a dozen defenders that all could reasonably end up in my team this week. There's just so many good home players that it's going to be a tough tough week to uh, pick the right guys. I think. I think it's a good point. I think with the unlimited transfers, it's really reduced must-have players. Uh, Phil, final game, Philadelphia versus New York. Now, I assume that I was picked to talk about this one because I can correctly pronounce Medunianine. Yes. Yes. Actually, uh, me and Harris, we go way back. Uh, 2014 World Cup, I was in Rio in the Americana, and I got to see Medunianine play against Argentina, and uh, Messi scored in that game, and uh, had to go back and look because I, you know, me and Harris, we weren't buddies back then but uh he actually did come on in the second half and played some so uh, yeah we go back three years me and harris um for for talking fantasy medun yanin great pick um the guy he just consistently gets key passes um even if he doesn't have a great uh goal scoring or assists track record um i'm looking for consistency and a uh, guy that picks up key passes in every game is always going to get you bonus points um, the Red Bulls are going to be coming off a midweek match uh, in the Open Cup. I'm curious to see uh, how much they rotate in that match. Um, but, they, of course, they do have uh, some time to rest because this is the lone uh, Sunday game, right, from this round? Yes, this is the lone Sunday game. So they will have some time to rest. But uh, I do like Philly slightly at home. Um, Sapong has been doing way better than I expected this year, uh, I know uh, Harrison from American Soccer Analysis just loves uh, CJ Sapong and uh, was talking about him even last year. But he's kind of a guy that might fly under your radar. But uh, he's legit and putting up really good um, expected goals numbers. So I'm looking at CJ Sapong this week as well. Um, question is uh, doing amazing at, at uh, expected assists, but um, the Red Bulls have been really underperforming their expected numbers. 
And if you're um, if you're away and you're underperforming, then I'm not really looking looking for you. So uh, just maybe a couple Philly players in a something like a two to one win for Philly. Okay, let's give us a shot. Mandunyanin. 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 Close. Mandunyanin. Mandunyanin. All right. Well, thank you so much, Phil, for that lesson. And thank you guys so much for those picks you have for the games. Moving on to our player pick section. Have one new addition to this uh, part. Uh, Some people from Reddit were wondering about best clean sheet chances. So after your captain pick, guys, I'm going to be asking you which team or teams, you can give me a couple if you want, have the best chances at a clean sheet. But let's start it off. Uh, Mike, keeper pick. Uh, My keeper pick is Bendik. Um, I think Orlando... Uh, and San Jose have the best clean sheet chances this week. I don't know if I'm spoiling my answer, but um, and I, I like Bendik for his price point more than I like uh, Bingham. So um, Bendik, Andrew, I am also on Bendik and Phil Bendik. I love it when we all get along. Uh, Andrew, defenders, defenders. I've got Drew Moore. I've got Youngworth. I've got Callens, and I've got Waston. Phil. I'm going with a couple Toronto guys. I've got Moro and Zavaleta, and I've got Spectre from Orlando. Mike. I have Youngworth, uh, Suter, and then I have Farrell and Zavaleta in a switcheroo. Oh. We'll switch room action. Mm-hmm. Phil, midfield. I go with the tried and true guys. I've got Lee Wynn. I've got Medunyanin. Vasquez from Toronto and Morales from NYCFC. Uh, two guys that are just the chance creators for their team. Always seem to be getting the key passes and assists. And uh, I've also got Jack Harrison you know, trying to go for a the NYC matchup, which I think is a really good matchup that they have this week. Mike. I have uh, Rusnak, Almiron, Alessandrini, Vasquez, and Jack Harrison. And Andrew, I assume we know who one of yours is. Alessandrini. That's right. And Wynn, Vasquez, and Almiron. Pretty stacked midfield. Forwards, Mike. Uh, just to uh, David V and G Vinko. Your boy. Andrew. I also have David Villa and G Vinko. And Phil. Via, Sapong, and Josie Altador. Ooh. Breaking the mold. Mm-hmm. What's the argument for Altador over Geo? Let's hear it. I think Josie's in really good form this season. I think he's uh, he hasn't been injured. He's been consistent. He's got more expected goals plus expected assists per 90. And uh, Giovinco's still not on top gear coming back from injury. So I'm going with uh, Josie. Fair Can enough. I make the argument for Giovinco instead? Of course. 
Um, I think Josie Altador has also had a lot more miles uh, put on him this year. Um, you know, he's played more in those two double game weeks that we had back to back. He featured in most of those games, whereas Giovinco's had less. And Giovinco's ceiling has shown to be a lot higher than Josie Altador's. So especially against a bad team, that's where Giovinco really feasts. If you look at his um, history, both this year and, and last year and the years he's been in MLS. So that that's where I think Giovinco can really shine this week as, as opposed to Josie. But if you have, you know, some money issues, uh, I don't think Josie is a bad choice. Okay. Andrew, your captain pick currently. Currently, Alessandrini. Phil. Via. Mike. Giovinco. Oh. And best clean sheet chance, one or two teams. I mean, whatever you guys want to do. Phil? I think there's uh, three offenses that you kind of pick on, uh, Montreal, D.C., and RSL. Um, So Orlando at home against Montreal and Toronto at home against D.C. Mike? Uh, Orlando and San Jose. um, I I don't trust Montreal's um, offense. Uh, Andrew kind of went into a little bit of why. And I think the same is true of Sporting Kansas City. So, you know, Orlando and uh, San Jose are two of the best defenses um, in the league so far. And with poor offenses coming to their uh, arenas, I think they have good chances at clean sheets. And Andrew? Um, I think Toronto probably has the best chance. And if I have to pick another, I'd say Orlando. You don't have to pick another. It's whoever you think. Well, it's out there now, so... <laughs> we can edit this, Simon. No, he doesn't do that much with the editing. He just lets it go. All the mistakes, all the funny parts. That's what Simon does. All right, guys. Thank you so much for those player picks. Thank you, everyone who has listened tonight. I hope you got some good ideas. If you like this new clean sheet section, let me know. Send a send a tweet, comment on Reddit. Uh, just let me know. We'll we'll try to keep doing it. I think it'll be a good little addition. That brings us over to community time. The R slash fantasy MLS top scorer of the round was Ruben N, manager of Witty City, and uh, that was with 102 points. Also the top overall score of the entire season. So congrats, Ruben. Doing the league proud. Keep it up. Keep it up. Great score. Great score. Moving over to the MLS FI Patreon League, uh, RJ Gage is back on top with a record of 10-2-2. Two two. Uh, Bit Nomad has fallen to second place after a disappointing loss, 10-0-4. Uh, no, I guess he drew. He drew that time. I think he maybe – did he have 88 points? Possibly. And then uh, Alex Bruni has moved up to third, and it's based on points. He is one of several players with a record of 9-1-4. Now for the uh, hosts head-to-head league, MLSFI hosts league. Uh, Andrew, our very own Andrew, right here, uh, stays on top with a record of ten, one, and four. Uh, right on his heels, though, uh, fantasy football twenty-four-seven has moved up into second place after starting the season slowly. I might add, uh, with a record of ten, zero, oh, and five. And uh, then I have fallen down to third. Uh, thanks to a draw to Mike. And as Mike mentioned at the top of the show, we actually had a head-to-head in the host league and in the Patreon league. Uh, so we responsible, were responsible for draws for each other and falling down both of those tables, I believe. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, I'm pretty much sunk on both of those head-to-head <laughs> leagues. I haven't done too well. Well, I still got a record of 10-1-5 in the host league, so that is good enough for third place as of right now. 
the rest of the games, Guy played against Travis and lost 83-88. to 88. Uh, Andrew, you went up against Weeby, who did not have the lowest score of the round for us. Which is kind of amazing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to carry the weight here for all the Andrews in the world, but Weeby, <laughs> man, he's just not doing his part. He's making us all look bad. So, I, I, I mean, I tried with my 89, but, I mean, come on, 39 points, buddy? He does a lot. He does a lot. We appreciate what he does. But still send him tweets. It's funny. As we mentioned, Fantasy Football 24-7 beat Ben Bear 95-88. Then our own Jason Jans Wiskovich uh, took on Simon, who I guess forgot that there were games playing this week. Uh, Simon got the lowest score of four points and was beaten by Jason, who got 88 uh, Blaine just eked out against Tim with a score of 86 to 79. And then finally, Phil, how did your game go? Mm, not that great. I, had, <laughs> I got 86, which wasn't horrible, but it was a little uh, below average for this head to head league. And I lost to Ivan. He got 98, which was actually the top scorer this week, so it didn't feel so bad. It was. England but came to represent this week. This is why I'm a huge fan of single table. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so much fun. The the banter that we get on Twitter, it's it's great. It's good stuff. Well, Winning you have a chance fun. to redeem yourself next week. <laughs> uh, next week, Mike is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. Come on, Mike. you got to uphold our honor. Guy Sanchez is taking on Andrew. Good luck with that, guys. Uh, Tim is taking on myself. That'll be a fun game. Simon is taking on Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football 1st. Uh, ben Bear from MLS is going up against Phil, so there's a, there's your chance, Phil. Be a, be an away team that wins on this one. Yes, uh, sir. Andrew Weeby is going up against Blaine, and then Travis is taking on Jason. So lots of fun times coming up. That's all that we have for the show today, guys. Is there anything you would like to plug, Phil? I was on the American Soccer Analysis podcast this week, and uh, we talked a lot about Pablo. So Andrew, definitely check that one out. <laughs> Andrew? Uh, nothing for me. Still getting my feet under me from vacation. So I guess MLSFantasyBoss.com. Check out all the articles there. Yeah, you'll have some stuff popping up there every now and then. Mike? Uh, at MLS Injury News as usual, and uh, just to remind you guys that when we talked about at the beginning of the show, the MLS show leagues, they're, um, the season starts uh, July 1st, so if you're interested uh, at MLS... Uh, show league um that's or excuse me at yeah at mls show league that's the twitter account he'll get you set up and, and let you know the rules it's, it's it's a lot of fun if you're looking for a, a, another good side game to play and of course you can check out my stuff at uh, mlssoccer.com in the fantasy section along with other articles from travis and some others every now and then please head over to reddit.com slash uh, r slash fantasy mls there's lots of great articles lots of great conversation that happens there all throughout the week so please check that out very helpful for many many fans and of course head over to mlsfantasyboss.com like other guys have already mentioned there's lots of good conversation articles that get posted there throughout the week xg tables uh player picks lot, lots of good things to help you just weigh your options now we're not necessarily going to tell you who to pick but hope like this podcast it helps you figure out a better chance uh and I guess that's all I have. Is that guys all you have? That's it. That's it. All right. Adios. Well, good luck. <laughs>